Welcome to the Newsmakers Podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell, and this is a show where we go behind the headlines every day to bring you an interview with a pastor, entertainer, politician, or other notable news figure. And this is a show, again, it's daily, but it's based on our weekly TV show, which is also called Newsmakers. You can watch it on the CBN News Channel and also on our YouTube page. And on this show, every day, we dive deep. It's a little more longer form with one of the people who you will often see on our Newsmakers show or across the CBN News platforms. On today's Newsmakers, we sit down with historian William Federer to talk all about the real-life Christian history behind Valentine's Day. Who was St. Valentine, why was he executed, and what was the miracle that unfolded just before his death? That and more on today's show. With no further ado, here is William Federer. So I always love getting a chance to talk with you about the history behind so many different things, especially our holidays. Valentine's Day is a very popular holiday, lots of different opinions about it, but we don't always think about the historic roots of Valentine's Day, particularly the faith roots. How did St. Valentine become associated with romance and love? Well, it's a fascinating history, and I always remind people that the church was born into a one-world anti-Christian government, the Roman Empire. We're sort of moving in the direction of that, but the church was born into it, and the church survived and conquered. And, and in Acts 1.8, Jesus told the disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, the word witness, according to Easton's Bible Dictionary, is martus the root word for martyr and lo and behold 11 of the 12 apostles were martyred and john was thrown in a pot of oil that was boiling and but survived and vanished to patmos so for the first three centuries there are 10 major persecutions by roman emperors wanting to kill christians nero and vespasian titus and domitian he's the one that put john in the pot of oil uh trajan and hadrian and he also destroyed the jews with the bar Kokval revolt Marcus Aurelius killed Polycarp, the, the disciple of John, um, under Septimus Servus and Maximus, Maximius the Thracian, Decius Valerian, and then Claudius II. And he was the one who killed St. Valentine. So the year is around 268 to 270 AD, and several scenarios. Uh, the church was... Uh, meeting in catacombs. These are caves dug out in the ground. And, and I went to school in Rome and college and we toured the catacombs and there's, you know, crawl back through a little tunnel and you're back in a little 20 by 20 foot room with first century Christian graffiti and candle marks on the ceiling. And that was the Christian experience for three centuries. And so they not only would arrest Christians and throw them to the lions in the Colosseum, they would destroy scriptures. Now, the printing press was invented in 1454. Prior to that, every single scripture Bible was handwritten. And so these were handwritten letters, uh, the Septuagint in the Old Testament, and then uh, the ones from Paul and John. And so Diocletian was specifically destroying all the church records. And so the records we have of St. Valentine are very scant. Diocletian, by the way, is the one who threw St. Nicholas in prison, but that's a whole nother story. And so we don't know much about Valentine. Uh, he is mentioned on a couple stone monuments that are carved in Rome. And 
there's the martyrology of St. Jerome in 460 AD, a uh, passion of Mary and Martha in the fifth century, uh, Bede's martyrology in the eighth century. And he adds a couple details that Valentine, the name comes from Valor, which means bravery uh, in the face of death. And so Claudius II, according to Bede's martyrology, um, was that Claudius tried to make Valentine convert to paganism, but he refused. And instead, Valentine tried to convert Claudius to Christianity. And Claudius got offended and ordered him killed. Um, There's several other documents, the Galatian Sacramentaria and the Legendor Sanctorum uh, in the 1260 and the Nuremberg Chronicles 1493. He is mentioned in these church documents. And the best that historians have been able to figure from the scant records, he was either a priest in Rome or a bishop in Terni, Italy. And Rome was being invaded by illegal immigrants. So the Chinese were building the Great Wall of China. The Huns could no longer attack into China. They attacked West, started a domino effect of displaced tribes across Central Asia, and these spilled over the Roman border. And so these are the Ostrogoths and the Visigoths and the Angles and Saxons and Jutes. And, um, and so Rome was being invaded. At the same time, the plague of Cyprian was killing 5,000 people a day. And so the Roman army was depleted of soldiers. And Claudius II somehow thought that soldiers that were not married fought braver. And so he outlawed marriage and Valentine risked the emperor's wrath by marrying soldiers and their brides. Uh, and then uh, there was some t political tensions in Rome. The previous emperor had been assassinated. And they were thinking, well, maybe Claudius was in on it. Who knows? And so to sort of heal the political wounds, Claudius had the Roman Senate deify the previous emperor, Galenius. What does deify mean? That means they vote to make him a god like wow. with a little g. <laughs> and and it wasn't, if that wasn't bad enough, they demanded citizens worship him. And so this act of worship involved a lining up. And there's a little box of incense and a little fire. And you would walk past, take a pinch of incense and drop it in the fire, make a little poof. And some Christians caved and gave in and others would rather go to their death rather than performing an act of worship to a pagan god or a deified emperor. And so Valentine refused to do that. He was arrested and dragged before the prefect of Rome and thrown in prison. And he preached to the other prisoners and the guards and the story that what all the histories of him do include is that his jailer, and some mention the name Asterius, was uh, curious about St. Valentine and this gospel. And uh, he had a blind daughter. And he went to Valentine and said, well, if God heals my daughter, I'll believe. And Valentine prayed for her and she regained her sight. And so the jailer and his entire family converted and were baptized. And before Valentine was killed, he wrote a note encouraging the daughter and signed it from your Valentine. And so he was beaten with clubs and stones. And when that failed to kill him, he was beheaded on February 14th, 269 AD outside the Flaminian Gate.
not really romantic yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to say, this is, this is, you know, people don't realize this, right? You talk about that day, obviously, February 14th, Valentine's Day, it's become a day of love. But this history is widely, I think, unknown by, by people. But, but continue, tell us how we actually get to what we have today as a result of, of these events. So in the high Middle Ages, Geoffrey Chaucer, who wrote Canterbury Tales, he's the father of English literature. He writes something called the Parliament of the Fowls. Now, Parliament means an assembly, and fowl is the word for bird. And so it was an assembly of birds. And so there was a place there in England where all the birds gathered in the spring. And uh, he says, for this was St. Valentine's Day, when every bird of every kind that men can imagine comes to this place to choose his mate. Now, you may not, or you know, viewers may not be familiar that most bird species are monogamous. They mate for life until one of the mates dies. These include swans and geese and ravens and cranes and blue jays and owls and hawks, woodpeckers, ospreys, raptors, puffins, pengu penguins, um, and uh, even bald eagles. And so they mate for life. And, um, you know, this is uh, pretty amazing. I mean, how can they even tell each other apart? You can go on the internet and you see that the male birds will pull up their feathers and their wings and they'll do like a little dance to try to get the female bird's attention. Things don't change, do they? <laughs> and um, <laughs> so after elaborate courtships, uh, these birds remain together until one partner dies. They even take turns sitting on the nest and gathering food. And the birds that are monogamous they mate earlier in the season so that uh, because their offspring needs more time to develop before fall and the harsh winters and the migrations. So after Chaucer, you had people like Shakespeare and John Donne, and they're writing poems and they're including the springtime and the St. Valentine's Day and it's like Hamlet, Midsummer Night's Dream. And, uh, and eventually in the 1800s, developed the tradition of confectionaries and flowers being presented to your Tweety Bird, <laughs> to your, your uh, love lover there. And, um, and then one little trivia, we signed Valentine's with X's and O's. Where did that come from? And if you like, I can take a, a, a minute and explain that. Yeah, no, that's actually one of my questions for you, because, again, it's something everybody does. You see it around Valentine's Day. But where did it come from? So would love to would love to hear that. So back to the Romans and the persecution, you have Diocletian, and he's struck with an intestinal disease, abdicates the throne on May 1st, 305 AD. And there's uh, another emperor who dies, and then it's a toss-up between four generals. And they're going to fight it out as to who the next emperor was going to be. Comes down to two, Constantine and Maxentius, and the Battle of the Milvian Bridge in 312 AD. And reportedly the day before the battle, Constantine sees the sign of Christ in the sky. He puts it on all those shields and his symbols and his flags and banners, and he wins. And um, what was, and then he legalizes Christianity, but what was the sign of Christ? And so most think it was the first two Greek letters for the name Christ. And so Hebrew, the word is Messiah, but that word is Christus in Greek. And the, le the letter that makes the K sound is written as an X and it is called Chi. And the letter that makes the er sound is written as a P and it's called Rho. So it's an X and a P, it's called a Chi Rho. 
and you see it on lots of different shields and symbols from the fourth century. And so over the centuries, it got shortened just to the chi, the X, and it was the Christ cross, or as we say today, crisscross. That's where you get Xmas. So X hyphen M-A-S was not crossing out Christ. It was the Greek letter that stood for Christ. And that's where you get the cross, my heart, swear to tell the truth. You're swearing before Christ. Early colonial America, they even had the children saying the alphabet. And in the little booklet, it would have a cross at the front. And the children would begin their recitation of the alphabet by saying, may Christ's cross grant me speed or success, you know, like Godspeed. And um, mortals ne'er shall know more than contained in the old crisscross row. And that's what they call the alphabet that began with the cross. And so that came down to us as an oath where you would sign at the X, at the Christ cross. Uh, you would put your X here. Um, and so then they would kiss it to show sincerity. And so the X's and the O's on the bottom of the Valentine is you're swearing before Christ that you're going to keep your pledge to this person and you're kissing it to show sincerity. So just a, a fascinating history there uh, that we pledge our love. And, um, and I do have other things that happen on Valentine's Day throughout history that are sort of interesting. I mean, there, there's so much to this. Why do you think these histories get lost in a secular culture and you end up having, it's just a candy holiday, right? Nobody's talking about, it's a Hallmark holiday. Nobody's talking about these things. What, what makes the situation so that we lose that history? Yeah, it's sort of a, um, a gravitational pull uh, by the secular world to get us away from those origins. You know, St. Patrick, Patrick was an evangelist of, in Ireland, uh, St. Nicholas, right? He uh, helped to bring Christianity to the Greeks, and, but they get away from the origins of that. But it does give us something to redeem. So if there wasn't any uh, holiday uh, gift giving associated with it, it would be like a St. Cecilia or St. You know, Felix, nobody would even care. So, so it, it gives us something to redeem by, um, by them, uh, the world making a, a, a holiday out of it. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it is. And I think it gives you a chance to reflect. I mean, I love the fact that we have all these holidays that when people like you come out and say, look, this is the real history, it can kind of refocus how you celebrate it, just reflecting on it in a totally different way. Now, you mentioned some other events that have happened on Valentine's Day. What is the one that stands out to you the most that you'd want to share? Uh, Frederick Douglass, he was the Republican advisor to Abraham Lincoln, and he never met his, saw his mom in the daylight, right? They were raised on some plantation, and the only th thing he can remember about his mom before they were separated uh, was she called him My Little Valentine. So uh, he assumed he was born on Valentine's Day, and... Um, but you have, you know, John C. Fremont discovered uh, Tahoe Lake on Valentine's Day. Oregon and Arizona both became states on Valentine's Day. Um, Teddy Roosevelt's wife and mother died on Valentine's Day, 1884. That was sad. Um, and then you have Al Capone's um, uh, massacre, right, um, the, the, that happened on um, in 1929, you know, all those prohibition mobs and so forth. Um, and then um, the first Jewish Knesset meeting was held with Israel's first president, Chaim Wiseman, on February 14th, 1949. But we do remember the love of Christ. And uh, Jesus said, love your enemies. That is something that other religions don't have. Um, and then he said, uh, 
we love him because he first loved us. Mm, that is powerful. Where, where can people go? Because you do, you've written books, you do a lot on this, on this type of work, going into the history of all sorts of different topics, but these events in particular, where can people go to find out more about your work? Well, thanks, Billy. My website is AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com. They can sign up for the email and then purchase books. I have one called American Minute, and it has something for every day of the year. Um, but uh, greater love hath no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. And so uh, we lay our life down for our loved ones, and Jesus laid his life down for us. And that's what we can focus on uh, this Valentine's Day. Really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. That's all for today's Newsmakers podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of the show and also head over to the CBN News YouTube channel and the CBN News channel to watch Newsmakers every week. We'll see you soon.